So ever since there was a desire to make movies, there's a thin line kasi eh, uh, in terms of yung, yung sincerity mo of doing that kind of film. You know? Are you doing that kind of film because uh, you actually you, you, you believe in this? Ano? It's like, or, or you just want to enter a film festival in Europe? Ang importante, I think, uh, is you you fight for the films that you want to make. So, uh, it doesn't matter whether mainstream yan o indie cinema. My father ko was an ex-military and a political prisoner for eight years. And uh, all my siblings are activists. I, I grew up, you know, picking them up in a, a police prison kasi nahuli sila ng police. Yun yung kailangan sa industry, you know, uh, dapat kasi ma-recognize hindi lang artista but uh, up to the very, ano, pinakamaliit na magagawa. A cinematography kasi should always blend in the story and should, shouldn't distract the audience. Uh, once sa parang sanabi mo nga, pag, pag masyado ka nagandahan sa cinematography, eh, that means, ano, hindi siya nag-work. You're not supposed to notice the cinematography of a film. That was Philippine cinematographer Neil Daza. My name is JP Alipio, and this is The Wildcast. Welcome to episode 21 of The Wildcast. And in this episode, I talk to cinematographer par excellence Neil Daza about his work, his life, his films and what makes him tick. At 15 years old, he knew that he wanted to work in films after watching The Tenant by Roman Polanski. And we talk about film life, making movies, being a cinematographer, what it takes to become a successful cinematographer in the industry. One of the things we also talk about is of course his activism. He has been very vocal online, using his platform as a way to raise the voices for the voiceless. Neil is one of the most successful cinematographers in the Philippines. He has worked on some of the biggest, biggest movies that have come out in our country. He'll probably kill me for saying this, but a few years ago, Chris Aquino, the great Chris Aquino, said no to a movie because Neil Daza's schedule wasn't possible. So he's that big. He has worked with some of the best directors, Chito Ronyo. One of his films, The Cada Sitenta, I just watched right before I had this interview. And wow, we need more films like The Cada Sitenta. But one of the things we also talk about is the need for both the commercial side of filming as well as the you know the independent side of filming and how each can feed each other he has worked on both uh, commercial and indie movies and he shares his perspectives on their industry and where it is going where it will be in the next 10 years or so so here's my conversation with neil have a listen and enjoy Kumusta ka dyan? Um, yeah, okay lang. You know, uh, w- uh, no work sa lahat. <laughs> right, right. Uh, 
Pero well, naiinggit ako sa'yo kasi you're in Baguio. <laughs> yeah, meron kaming advantage ng konti dito. Totoo. Uh, obviously, yeah, maganda so, yung panahon, medyo malapit yung gubat at yung bundok. So, marami kaming uh, napupuntahan. Nandito lang, ano, within the city. Totoo. Uh, Boy Inigas, di ba, naka-base dyan? So, yes, yes. Uh, so, actually, doon kami kumain for lunch doon sa restaurant nila, yung Hill Station. Hill Station, uh, yeah. Kanina, yeah. And he, he always posts uh, photos. No? Uh, I think, siguro malapit sa bahay nila. So, parang shit. <laughs> yeah, ang ganda ng bahay nila, actually. Yung bahay nila is parang on a mountainside overlooking mm-hmm. parang a valley. So... Ganda, ganda ng house nila and it looks like a log cabin, essentially. I'm sure, maganda yun. <laughs> yeah, pero alam mo ba, ngayon lang, sabi ni Tito Mitos yung wife niya, I think mm-hmm. first time since they were married, ito na yung pinakamatagal nilang nagsama. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, ganun, yeah, because ano eh, eh, medyo toxic naman talagang scared ng ng cinematographer. <laughs> Medyo, That's true. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, even with me and Candy, no, it's, it's, yeah. I oh, think this I, is the longest na rin that we've been in, in the I'm, same house. Yes, oh, I'm sure it's Candy pa. How's Candy? Ah, she's okay. Oh. Yeah, Miss Candy always finds something to keep herself busy. So, <laughs> uh, may, may mga business and, you know, things that she put up and things that she's getting into. So, palaging, oh. in fact, para siyang may office halos four days a week she's not in the house <laughs> talaga <laughs> yeah um, nagbebenta siya dun sa UP meron siya ng fair y- yung kanyang ano no yung uh, knitting group ba yes yung, yeah. yung knitting expedition yes, dun yes. sa UP uh, uh, so yun yung yun yung pinagkakaabalahan niya ngayon uh, nagkaka problem lang kasi nga yung yung mga knitters niya nasa Ifugao no so <laughs> Ang hirap, wala, walang bus service or anything galing sa Ifugao. So, palaging, pag nagpapadala kami doon, kailangan ipakiusap lang doon sa mga bumabiyahing pabagyo, mga ganon. So, how, lang, how, ma- how far is that? I mean, when you travel? Uh, from here, malayo din. It's at least six hours on the drive. Wow! <laughs> yeah, six hours drive. Kasi mountain road, oh, tapos oh. Yung, yung village actually where Candy works, medyo... Hindi siya central, hindi siya sa Banawe. So, yeah. medyo sa gilid siya ng Banawe. So, a little more difficult to get to. Although ngayon, cementado naman na lahat. So, pwede na mag-road bike going there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kaya lang, six, six hours. Parang... Yeah, six hours uh, mm-hmm. drive. Ngayon, oh. may, bagong, may bagong road that goes through mountain trail. Oh. Mas maiksi na siya ang concept. Nag-drive ako last January, I think. Five hours, mm-hmm. uh, a little shorter. Ngayon kasi yung buses, they go through Neva Vizcaya. And uh, umiikot siya sa bundok eh. Bumababa uh-huh. muna siya ng Pangasinan, uh-huh. tapos iikot ng bundok ba- ba- para maket na Ifugao. Kaya yun, medyo eight to nine hours yung trip, sometimes ten. Wow. So, yeah. Grabe. Lahat affected eh, no? <laughs> lahat, lahat. Wala namang hindi affected ngayon. Ooh. I mean, kami, we had to cancel all our events for the year. Oo. Uh, and hindi ko alam kung magagawa pa namin early next year. no So, ang projection namin is probably fourth quarter na na 2021 yeah. possible na gawin y- natin. Y- yun naman, parang yun naman yung lahat na parang uh, projection na parang 
it's not gonna happen this year. Definitely, at the most, mga middle of the year, next year. Yeah, nga eh. That's, uh, I mean, that's the difficult part. Pero, I mean, your your industry in particular, medyo matatamaan kayo, eh, no? Yeah, so, so, so blah. I mean, ano, ano siya, uh, major, ano, problem siya sa yung industry. Yeah. Kasi, uh, yeah, close down lahat ng theaters and then all exactly all the local film festivals are, were canceled. So that's right. Walang, so there's no work now for any, yeah, for anybody. And then nag-shut down pa yung ABS, iba. Uh, exactly. Is, so parang that's a that's parang fifty percent na ng lahat ng trabaho ng no? ABS palang. Yeah, tsaka, ano, we, we, when they close down ABS, we're not just talking about like ABS. Work, exactly, yeah. Uh-oh. Pinag-usapan din namin yan eh. Parang, nag, meron siyang parang ripple effect, diba? Yeah. To yeah. everybody. Yeah. So, so advertising, yes. all the suppliers, yeah. the lahat, yung nagpapakain, makeup. Catering. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the extras. The, yeah. And even the restaurants, the businesses around ABS. Exactly, you know. Yung, like, all... The, yung may Starbucks sa loob ng ABS-CBN, I'm yeah. sure magsasarado na yan. Ito, oh, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, 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 and ABS a major parang content provider. Like, uh, uh, yeah, of course, there's Star Cinema. And then there's, I want yung digital platform nila. So, mm. yun, ang daming, ang daming filmmakers na who actually, you know, uh, you know, works of films and movies and uh, mga parang limited series nila na ginagawa ng I Want. So, lahat, mm-hmm. so after na nag-shutdown, ano yun? Uh, nag-decide ng I Want, well, ang ABS, na stop muna yung producing of all this content for I Want. So, uh, so basically, saving money. No? Exactly. And of course, the retrenchment, you know, it's so mm-hmm. sad. <laughs> yeah, may hirap. I don't know. Eh. Parang in a, in a pandemic, in a, the worst economic downturn on earth, naisip ng gobyerno natin na <laughs> isarado yung biggest media network in in the Philippines. Which, parang inisip ko nga lang yung economic effect niya will be yung una, una of course yung workers. Pero, yeah. lahat ng workers na yon also buy from shops. They yeah. buy from groceries. Yeah. So, automatic, yeah. tatamaan lahat yon um, lahat ng suppliers to all of the shoots and, and, and everything. It's parang yung value chain ng ABS-CBN sobrang haba oh. na eventually, and, and I, I read an article or uh, parang Facebook post na oh. yung advertising industry, 50% ng ad buying is, more than 50% is ABS-CBN. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, oh. so, if they can't buy ads in ABS, they're not gonna buy ads in GMA, di ba? Parang, oh. Nabili na yun eh. Yeah. So they're not gonna create more content to be sold on on another platform because ABS has the widest reach. It's the only way to reach that many people uh-uh. so quickly. So parang even with YouTube, it's it's difficult. And then. Cakay ibang market uh, ng ano? Eh, ibang market ng GMA at ABS. Iba that's yung true. That's so, true. Iba nga yung audience. Iba yung <laughs> advertisers. Some advertiser would go for ABS lang and some would, you know, go for GMA kasi magkaiba yung audience sila. That's true. So, uh, nakikita nila yung demographics. No? So, yeah. it's, it's really a parang, for me, it's both parang really, really sad pero also interesting to see how 
parang yung yung river nung effect. Uh-huh. <laughs> nung, so, nung, I mean, siyang, ano, ano, pwede, pwede siyang gawa ng study or yeah, yeah. documentary yeah. how <laughs> Kasi yung economic effect ng ABS and, and parang a lot of people say, oh, pwede naman silang mag-YouTube, pwede naman silang uh-huh. mag-Facebook, social uh-huh. media, but all of these are American platforms. Eh. They're not yeah. Filipino. So, ibig sabihin, <clears throat> we're exporting all our money. Kumbaga, kung advertiser ako dito sa Philippines, I pay Facebook uh, 20 pesos. You know, most of that money won't stay in the Philippines. It goes abroad. Unlike pag sa ABS, kahit kung sabihin mong 60% goes to the Lopez's, that's all in the Philippines, ah, right? 90% ah. of it will be in the Philippines. So parang, hindi yun naisip, I don't know, it's really short-term thinking or really just parang political manipulation at this point. Yeah, tapos, <laughs> so, tapos mga late last week, uh, parang last two days of last week, parang uh, yun na yung kinausap ng management, yung mga mariretrench. So, I'm getting all this parang post of, you know, friends I've worked with, you know, na they're signing out. It's so sad. It's so depressing. Yeah, I can imagine, especially for you. And si Candy Ren, she, oh, she sees it on her feed, oh, no? parang all of these people you work with, na... And you know, that's sila, na-retired. Ako nga, meron ako mga kaibigan. Eh, na, uh, I can imagine, kayo, di ba? Uh, uh, you're uh, in that industry. Ako, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a freelance. Hindi ako employee ng ABS. A freelance pa rin ako. But I, I get regular work uh, from them, ano? So, mm. th- th- that's like for the last 15 years. So, so yun. Eh? So, I have lots of friends na really, you know, ano siya? Uh, tapos, uh, almost 5,000 yung na-retrench eh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. at least it's not 11,000. <laughs> I don't know. Parang, at this point, everyone's just trying to survive and this yeah. government is just parang destroying people's abilities <laughs> to survive mentally and also financially. Since nag start this March, wala pa akong week na hindi ako na-enrage. Mayroon ko ma-week na pala. Hindi ba? Parang, wow! Parang, ano, ano ba to? Mayroon ba silang, ano, parang daily planner na, ano? Yeah, <laughs> di ba? Ubusitin tayo everyday. <laughs> yeah, parang, there's there's no day na, lalo nung umpisa, parang araw-araw gumigising akong galit. Parang, ano ba yan? And, <laughs> hindi ko na nga tinitignan yung phone ko nung time na yun. Nagbabasa na lang ako ng parang first six hours of my day. <laughs> Oh, kasi ano siya, hindi ba, parang you get, you get emotional and then, ewan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, may hirap talaga. <laughs> Pero, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, hindi ko alam eh kung anong, anong masasabi ko na. Ikaw nga, nakikita ko everyday, may post ka na parang galit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, actually, ano, well, I, every season man, I, I, hindi ko naman sineseryoso ang Facebook. So, parang, after nung, you know, nung nag-start na tong gobyerno na to, parang nag-decide ako na parang, okay, I'll make my Facebook a political platform. <laughs> so, yun. Yeah. Eh, anyway, thank you for thank you, thank coming you. on my yeah. podcast. No, uh, I'm really, I really appreciate it. Uh, this, we started this, well, I started this nung April. Dahil, yun nga, wala akong ginagawa sa bahay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, this is something na parang, sabi ko parang yung network ko has a lot of interesting people like yourself. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I thought na parang sana marinig ng ibang tao yung, 
yung mga ginagawa nila no so Uh-oh. so i've had i think you're probably my 21st or 22nd Talaga? guest wow ngayon oh um i come out with the episode once a week every uh-huh. wednesday and so yung last episode this week was AG Sanyo i don't know kung kilala mo siya siya uh-huh. yung nagpipintura ng mga dolphins all over the cities and ah okay okay yeah so uh, old friend ko din. So, sabi ko parang, why don't you come on the podcast? And Uh-oh. so, I've had a different people. Meron din mga people from abroad na kaibigan ko uh, on the podcast. So, we've had quite a few uh, variety. Uh-oh. Hindi pare-pareho. Wala akong general theme. I just pick people who interest me and people I would like to ask questions from, basically. So, so yeah. So, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you then, ano, JP. I mean, yeah. For inviting yeah. me. <laughs> oh, of course, syempre. You're, you're the one of the parang A-list cinematographers or at least the veterans in, in the industry. You know? So I'd really yeah. like to talk about your career. Uh-huh. Um, I did a little bit of research on how you got started. No? Parang I saw that you started mostly as a journalist many years ago, I think in the 80s. And parang you shifted to cinematography when you hurt yourself in the Cordilleras. Tama ba yun? Yeah. <laughs> talaga, 80s talaga. And, and that reveals my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no, ang background ko ay, well, actually, fine arts ako sa USD. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to be a painter. But uh, ever since, uh, since I was like maybe 12, Uh, an, an uncle of mine gave me uh, uh, a, a camera, a second-hand camera, actually. So, well, uh, having that camera felt right. So, so nag-shoot na ako nag-shoot. Of course, you know, the, the, the neighbor's cut and everything. So, alo sa bayon, I mean, the, the desire to, you know, to, to paint at the same time, that camera holding a camera, almost a bayon. And then that brought me to, you know, taking uh, pictures of uh, different things. Tapos napunta ako sa photojournalism uh, because I have a writer friend who works sa, in, a, in a broadsheet. Sa pa. But that was like I was still in art school. So oh, okay. Uh, I was still, so parang in a way, I was like a, a, a stringer. Parang tatanga-tanga okay. pa ako <laughs> <laughs> But, wow, early early to be a stringer, no? In art school, parang you were in college oh, to, to work I, as a stringer. I never liked going to school, eh. So parang <laughs> so parate akong may ano other uh, extracurricular activities outside of school, and that's one. Um, yeah, so that brought me to photojourn, and and um, yeah, I I love it. I love doing that work at the time, and then. I had an assignment in in the north, uh, you know, and had, then covering had, the NPA, tama ba? Uh, yeah, oh, because uh, that was the height of kakabuulan ng yun ng the Cordillera People's Democratic Front, eh, which is of course uh, the Cordillera uh, Cordillera wing of the National Democratic Front. Okay, and, ito ba yung kina Balweg or is it separate? Uh, separate, no, from Balweg. Yeah, separate yun eh. Iba yung mm-hmm. na. I think if I remember, nagkaroon uh, pa ng. It started, I think, with Balweg, but eventually nagkaroon ng split within the group. Ah, right, right. Oh, they became CPLA. Oh, alam mo pala, you're from the north. 
<laughs> I'm from the north. <laughs> so, yeah, I had an accident and then but before that, like maybe 2 or 3 years before that, uh I've been always looking for that mall fun film workshop and hindi lang hindi lang maswak no sa sked. But yung injury made me, you know, gave me the time to to I I need to slow down on my work, you know, and then I need to uh, recover from the injury. And mm-hmm. exacto siya. Uh yun yung time na nag-open up for that yearly summer art uh, summer film workshop ng Mall Fund. Mm-hmm. So parang ganun may meron siyang take away. I had this injury, but it gave me the chance to actually finally do the film workshop. And when I when I did the workshop, I never looked back. Wow, it's uh, parang 30 years ago, yeah. essentially, no? Yeah. Tama ba? Or 29, 1991? 1991 was the film workshop with Mall. Right. So, I saw it, basically, by next year, it's like 30 years. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, parang before that, I saw that you, you, you basically, you were at the Menjola Massacre, no? Yeah. Tama ba? Yeah. You were you were a journalist at the Minjola Massacre. Yeah, I was a freelance photographer at the time. Okay, and and can you tell me the experience of that uh, in shooting uh, that and and covering the whole the whole tragedy? Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, well, I, I the 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 mass action were, came started from Liwasan Bonifacio. And they're supposed to, well, they march from Liwasan to Menjola. Uh, mm-hmm. Before that, I, I mean, I've been shooting rallies before that. And at the time, no, medyo, uh, medyo agitated na yung ano, eh, mga rallies. Eh. So, uh, yung march from Liwasan to, to Benjola, it was really ano, heated up. And then, alam mong ano, Uh, the rallies were ready to confront the police. And at the time noon, it was the Cory Aquino time. So, sa Menjola kasi, tinanggal yung ano, yung mga ba- yung barbed yung barriers. barriers. Yeah. Kasi nga, you know, it represents, uh, you know, the, the dictatorship. So, and we're in a democracy now, and then it's Cory Aquino. So, tinanggal yung mga barriers na yun. So, so I think dun siguro, ano, nagka-problema. So, nung, nung, nung nagdikit yung, yung mga rallies and the police, so, nagkaroon talaga ng commotion again. And then, I think the police panicked. So, split second lang yun eh. I was in, mm-hmm. front, I was in front and then, nung nag, uh, nag, nagkakaroon na ng physical confrontation yung dalawa, uh, nagpunta lang ako sa likod ng mga police uh, line. And then, yeah, the split second, nag-barila na eh. So, wow. And and ano naman kasi uh yeah uh it's pretty scary pero at the same time you're you're there to you know to document so I managed to shoot somehow still <laughs> mm. um but after I know after the shooting uh we saw dead bodies ano and nobody's ano nobody's ano helping nobody picking them up man up. so in fact kami pa yung, yung mga media people pa ang ano uh, ang tumulong ang nagbuhat and uh yung media vehicle pa yung uh, nagdala sa hospital kami kami nagsampa do sa sasakyan it's a, it's a very uh, 
very sad actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And parang as I mean as journalism to cinematography, is this a usual path that cinematographers take? Alam ko ngayon kasi there's a lot there's a lot of schools that yeah. you know that that cater to people who want to get into cinematography, pero at the time it was probably not not as structured yeah. uh, in, in a way uh, not as structured uh, as a career path so are there how was that going from being a photojournalist to to getting into cinematography um yeah you're right kasi at the time noon uh, wala pa talagang really structured you know film school uh, major mm-hmm. in film you know? uh, at the time the wall fund film institute lang talaga yun you know? and if you want to make parang films outside of the mainstream, parang you go into mall fund because you get grants, you know. It's a very competitive community. Pero mm-hmm. that's the only way to do it. Uh, uh, well, ano yun, it's a combination of, uh, you know, me, uh, my love for watching movies ever since, you know. So ever since, there was a desire to make movies. I mean, uh, ever since, like, bata ako, we parang weekend, ano namin yun, ang family na to watch movie. Manood ng sine. Yeah. <clears throat> Tapos, uh, I think that was like, uh, nine, what? Hmm. maybe I was in high school, I think. Uh, parang nasa, around 15 ako. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I saw this movie, and parang yun yung parang, ano eh, uh, parang game changers, na parang, okay, after the, watching this movie, parang decided na ako na, I want to make films. Of course, hindi ko alam uh, which department, which part of making films, but I, I want to make films. So, and what uh, movie was this? Uh, this is The Tenant ni Roman Polanski. Uh, the Tenant? Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an indie film wherein siya din uma, siya yung director at the same time umate din siya yung film. It's part of his apartment trilogy. Mm, uh, about 1976 76 or 77 yeah. so uh, about about uh, isolation alienation ganun. so yun, yun and what was it about the film that sort of parang nung napanood mo yun you wanted to be in that industry yeah. what was it about it, it it's actually ano, it's actually I know, it's a scary film it's a psychological film pero yung effect sa akin sobra akong takot na takot na sa pelikula. And mm-hmm. parang uh, yeah, I, I, I love you know, yung ganun yung, yung feeling emotional inside oh. in the dark theater. So parang, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of nice, you know. <laughs> Make parang it created that feeling in you and you wanted to be part of the process of kung yeah. bila, paano natin i-create yung feeling na yun sa mga oh. manunood. Oh. Parang ganun ba yun? Yeah. Oh. Eh, it's more of parang ano, uh, yeah, creating that emotions through images Oh, to do those uh, scenes sa pelikula. Uh, yeah. After noon, yun, parang ano siya eh, parang, of course, hindi ko alam kung ano yung gagawin, gagawin ko, but that more or less parang sealed that, you know, that I want to make movies. So, nung, mm-hmm. nung after, nung nag-mall fund ako, ayun, nung photojourn ako, it, it was a natural path eh. Although, nung nag-mall fund ako, after kung, I was doing a lot of documentaries kasi nga galing akong uh, photojourn. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's a very good training to to become a cinematographer. It's actually to shoot documentaries. Oh, really? Why is that? Uh, uh, 
Well, kasi you're basically, ano, you're on your own. You you work with just like maybe three or three or four people. And then mm-hmm. if you're the DP of a documentary, you shoot on your own. You so that means you well at the time of this it's, uh, films were shot on negative, right? No. So you have to load your own film, unload your own film. You need to uh, focus your shots. You don't. You're not getting any camera assistant who's going to you know focus your shots. So it's a very good training for mm-hmm. cinematographers shooting documentary. Right. So it's really something. And and what was parang for you? What do you consider as your big break working in in cinematography? I mean, you started in 1991. I yeah. I looked over your IMDb. Uh, parang the first film here was Luwal Pag-ibig at Paalam, I think, which you also produced <laughs> and wrote. <laughs> Tama ba? Yeah, yeah. Well, ano yun, this, those are product of uh, our workshops and you know uh, at the mall fund. So those are uh, experimental films. So mm. It's not really mainstream. You know. So what was your parang what what did you consider as as the your breakout opportunity or breakout film? Uh, well, I think I think uh, that would be Chito Ronyos, uh, ano, Lalo sa Baga. That was like 1999. Uh, that mm. was really my first um, uh, uh, breakthrough to the mainstream. So parang and and after that parang you become sort of. Chitoronio's favorite favorite DOP, tama ba? <laughs> we we worked a lot. Uh, like, because parang I've seen I've I've gone through your films and probably there's mga ten or fifteen that are with Chitoronio, tama ba? I don't think fifteen, maybe ten. I think so. Okay. Uh, the last one, yung last film niya was Signal Rock. So, yun. And maybe around ten or twelve, I think. I don't remember <laughs> actually, <laughs> but it all started yeah. in 1999. That was my first, uh, in a way, first uh, full-length mainstream film because that was produced by Regal Films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did this produce more work for you as as a DOP? Was it something? I mean, at the time, because movies were still quite big, no. Ngayon, because movies aren't as big as they used to be. Maybe in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just very true. Because nga ano, uh, yeah, nagkaroon na ng indie and low budget films. But at the time, non, uh, these are all uh, films were produced by major studios like Star Cinema, Regal, Viva. So relatively, they have really a big budget, and of course. Uh, It's Chito Ronyo, so he usually works of course, with, yeah. you know, big films. And, you know, uh, so I, I, my first films with him was like uh, an, uh, an, a special effects movie, an adventure movie, and then a period movie, Dekada Setenta. Right. Yeah. Pinanood so, ko yan nung isang araw, yung Dekada Setenta. Ang galing, galing. I mean, it's still one, one of the... Where? No, pinanood ko sa I Want. Oh, <laughs> so, oh it's an I Want. I, Oh, it's an I one. It's okay. it's an I one for free. So so okay. you can actually rewatch your film, <laughs> and and you know, parang for me looking at that film, we don't have so many of these types of movies anymore, diba? Now, uh, 20 years after the film was was shown, 
na parang I mean it's a, it's a big budget film yeah all big actors uh generally parang great uh great acting great script yeah parang those films don't seem to come out as often as they used to maybe in in the 90s and the 2000s or even in the 80s yeah oh um konti na lang yung gumagawa ng ganung klasing ano eh uh, you know big films uh kasi ano eh uh cut down na yung budget so films uh, yeah like kanya like yung mga film festivals natin locally uh which essentially are film grants but you you're working on a limited budget so films mm-hmm. are being shot like uh Six days, eight days. <laughs> uh, but though, like, yung films ng kunyari ng dekada sa teto, that was like maybe uh, 50 plus shooting days. Wow, 50 uh, yeah. shooting days. Uh-huh. No? And then... The, Never uh, happens anymore. <laughs> no. Well, uh, well, Goyo, and yung ganong level na. Yung ganong level, yeah. Oh, and like, really big production. The longest film I've shot uh, was a Yamashita was like 65 shooting days. So, wow. Uh, yeah, parang di, bihira na yung ganun. <laughs> Medyo unusual, no? Because essentially, technology has made filmmaking cheaper and easier. Pero the amount of films that have been produced are also much, much less than it used to be when it was still uh, film. It's, diba noon, mahal yun, eh? Every time you oh. shoot, parang gastos. <laughs> Ngayon, you can just erase your SD card. Yeah, and, and you can shoot a, a, a full-length film using a DSLR, right? <laughs> yeah, you can shoot a full-length film with a DSLR. So so why do you think is it it happened this way? Na parang even normally with technology, you would have I mean more films, better films, because democratized na, right? More mm-hmm. people can shoot. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper in general to shoot. Um and and but parang the industry didn't seem to adapt to this or or the market didn't adapt to it. I'm I'm not sure which uh, which chicken or egg. Well, uh, hindi ko alam yung ano yung statistics whether mas madaming ba compare dati But I think uh, one of the main reason I, I limited din kasi yung market ng Filipino films. Hindi siya maka makatawid sa ibang to a larger market. So so anyway, hindi rin hindi rin lumalaki yung budget niya kasi Kung market mo ay within ay puro local lang. So mm-hmm. paano mo paano mo ibabalik? I mean, yun yung ano daw, yun yung sa nature ng medium eh. Because yung filmmaking essentially as a business side of it. So if you have like a producer na okay, I'm giving you to get 2 million to, you know, to produce a movie. I mean, I, I would ex- I'm the producer, so parang, I would expect na Sana mabalik mo lang yung 2 million ko, di ba? <laughs> Hindi siya yung parang, Correct, yeah. it's just a grant. You know, make your films, gano'n. So, gano'n eh. Uh, and of course, yun nga, yung limited din yung market eh. So, hindi ka, hindi rin, ano. Uh, of course, ang daming, ano, ang daming, we're making waves sa mga film festivals abroad. I mean, yeah. But those aren't parang marketable films in oh, general, di ba? And eh, so, yeah, oo, oh, oh, oh. Medyo, ano siya, pang, iba, mga pang art house, gano'n, like, uh, mm-hmm. Once in a while, you, it, once in a while, you get, you know, you get a film that, you know, both uh, can do the rounds of festivals at the same time, earn money. Once in a mm, while, but not not always. Not often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I, I was I was in India, I think two years ago, and oh. sa India in Bollywood, 
Uh-oh. We have a parang similar demographic eh, to India na madaming yung masa, medyo malaki yung yung population uh-huh. and sa kanila Bollywood is such a big industry, di ba? Na, yeah. They're churning out films every week. <laughs> parang ganun yung ano nila. Uh-huh. Na tuloy-tuloy lang whether it's bad film, good film, uh-huh. basta may film. <laughs> yun, 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 yun yung ano nila. But uh-huh. but how come why do you think in the Philippines it doesn't translate that way that we have a similar demographic um in general we have a large population who could be a major audience just locally so hindi naman natin kailangan ibenta abroad yung films natin with 100 million people diba kahit 50 million lang yung nanonood diyan every uh, every month parang malaki na yun uh kailangan din i think ano may government support eh. in, right oh hindi hindi siya ano ba? <laughs> Kasi like compare like kunyari sa Korea, di ba? I mean, yes, yes, that's always the example. No? Oo, uh, and hindi yun ano, hindi yun parang from out of nowhere, they, you know, nakachamba sila. Ano yun? It was a calculated, you know, campaign to actually help the industry and it's it's government supported. Dito kasi yeah. parang ano eh, well, uh, generally naman, hindi priority ng government ang culture. Mm. So, Plus, it's highly taxed, ano? Tama ba yun? Parang movies are taxed quite yeah. largely. Oh, oh. Unless makakuha ka ng A rating or, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, yung, sin, yung tawag nila, yung Cinema Evaluation Board. I think parang nawala na yun eh. So, so wala nang ganun nagbibigay ng rating uh, so, so you can get like tax incentive. Okay. Yeah, yung sa Korea nga, that, that example is quite interesting, di ba? Kasi parang they not only supported the film industry, they supported a lot of different parang entertainment industries, uh-huh. yung K-pop, yung film, uh-huh. uh, yung mga TV series nila. Uh-huh. And then they export it, they're basically exporting their culture abroad, di ba? And, uh-huh. and bumabalik sa kanila yung pera na ini-invest nila through tourism or... Uh-huh. Or other things. I mean, the number of people who go to Korea because of the films. Yeah. Sobrang laki. Lalo galing sa Pilipinas, di ba? Totoo. Parang, ano, no? Parang siyang, ano. Uh, ewan ko, parang maybe big, one big strategy yung ginawa ng Korean. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Dito kasi parang yung ano is, ano muna yung makukuha ko sa'yo and then bahala ka na sa buhay mo. Parang ganyan. <laughs> <laughs> so, para, unlike Korare, I, I mean, it's the same strategy of New Zealand, diba? which is how parang they, they really try and support. So ngayon, my Lord of the Rings tourism na sila and, and all of these. It's a big filming, in, yung film industry sa kanila is huge. Diba? But like for us, uh, we don't really get that many foreign films in the Philippines, despite na most Filipinos speak English. May mga crew naman dito. Uh, we're, we're very technically adept. Pero they choose Thailand, they choose Korea, they choose Hong Kong rather than the Philippines. Uh, with, diba? Well, sabi nila, ano, dahil nga meron tayong security problem. <laughs> uh, well, also. You know? <laughs> like, you know, kasi, like, ano, like, sabi mo, they, you know, like New Zealand or... Kasi yung, di ba, early part, lalo ng mga early part ng, at the time na... Uh, There were a lot of indie films being produced. Parang ano, parang mga films na yun, puro all about poverty and everything. So parang, <laughs> parang... Tama, yun yung parang, pinapakita parang, natin sa mundo eh. 
Parang that's gano'n. right. Oh. Yeah, that's fine naman. I mean, that's reality naman. Totoo naman yun. Pero, yeah, eventually, di ba, kaya nga na-invento yung word na poverty porn. Parang okay that's na. <laughs> yeah, tama na, tama na. Di ba? Parang, you're also, in a way, medyo exploitative din siya. Eh. Yung parang... Medyo, oo. Di ba? And, and and the sad part is, uh, some film filmmakers still, you know, do that kind of uh, so parang there, there's a thin line kasi uh, in terms of yung, yung sincerity mo of doing that kind of film are you doing that kind of film because uh, you actually you, you, you believe dun sa, ano? dun sa, to oh, show light on oh, their plight or, or is it for yourself or you just want to enter a film festival in Europe that's true no that's true it's a thin line indeed <laughs> and uh and, uh, yeah, and and I know filmmakers are like, like of course, of course. <laughs> Kilala nating lahat yan. <laughs> oh well. But <laughs> uh, I mean, for you, like you've you've actually worked on both, no? Parang I always talk to Candy about this, na na, and she always tells me nga, that there's working on parang mainstream films is just as important as working on, you know, the the thinking man's mm-hmm. cinema. Mm-hmm. And ikaw, ikaw mismo, you, you work on both films. Yeah. And what, how do you, how do you think both films sort of have their place in, in Philippine cinema? And, and as someone who's, you know, you've worked on for 30 years in, in the, in the industry. Um, well, what's advantages of, kasi dun sa, sa cinematography, uh, parang, we sort of, parang, we have our own world kasi eh. So, so it's actually just a switch, uh, whether you're working on the mainstream or independent cinema. It, it doesn't matter naman, uh, uh, importante, I think, uh, is you, you fight for the films that you want to make. So, uh, it doesn't matter whether mainstream yan or indie, indie cinema. And that's, uh, that's what I always tell sa mga naging magsadyante ko na, na hindi ko mo uh, mainstream yan. You're going to, you know... Uh, uh, Sell out. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, thin, there's a thin line between compromise and sellout. I mean, one of the first words na natutunan ko sa industry is compromise. But there's mm-hmm. a thin line between compromise and sellout. Ang question though, how 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 would you know kung yung whether you're selling out or in there? I don't know. I mean, you know. <laughs> right. Fair. Like like for you, what what makes you sort of say yes to a project? Is it the team? Is it the budget? Is it uh, uh, the story? Um. Uh, well, uh, this is a case to case basis. Uh, if if the director is my friend. Okay, I'll say yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, I hope I can read the script or have an idea on the story because that's also major one of the major reasons why I say yes to a project. Whether it's go- is it going to uh, excite me uh, visually? Is it uh, challenging in terms of cinematography? And uh, what, what, does it, what does it want to say? you know, about us. Uh, that's one. Uh, the budget, uh, if it's mainstream, 
yeah, I would have to consider. That's one of the main reasons because, you know, mainstream is like the, there's a big part of it is business. Right. So, yeah, so I'm very conscious about uh, how people are being paid, not only me, but other people on the set. Uh, in the films, uh, yeah, that's, everything is negotiable. <laughs> you know, especially uh, my friendship card na, okay, so let, let's shoot this. You know. yeah. That's right. Oh. Yeah. So, so is there, do you have any parang horror stories? Of huh? I'm oh. sure you've worked in 30, <laughs> for 30 years, but horror stories working in the industry. As a, have you ever like walked off a set? No, no, never. Never ako nag- walk out in a set while shooting, but I've resigned in projects because mm. for, you know, some because of horror conditions, horrific conditions, like that. And what, what makes you resign from a project? Like, what what are the conditions? Like, people are not getting paid, or do you have too much hours, or... I mean, I know this is an industry yeah. problem where yeah. they overwork you, uh, Oh, yeah. Well... If I remember, uh, usually, ano, uh, people are not being paid ng uh, tama. Yung parating delayed yung, delayed yung, ano, uh, sweldo ng mga tao. And then, we're shooting, I'm setting up lights, and, and, and I hear these people na parang, kailan kaya tayo sa sweldo? <laughs> parang nadidistract ako eh, parang, shit, parang, I'm working, all these people are all, all complaining about the working conditions. So, parang, yung mga ganon. So, tapos, minsan naman, uh, nakaka one day ako, shoot lang. Uh, and then, I'm, I, you know, I back out of the project kasi uh, hindi kami nag on the contract. You know? So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you think, parang, you're very touchy about this. And do you think, parang, growing up, in a sort of activist family uh-huh. is also what what informs these kinds of actions from you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we, I, grew, I grew up in a very political family. Uh, my father was an ex-military and a political prisoner for eight years. And uh, all my siblings are activists. I, I grew up, you know, picking them, them up in a a police prison kasi nahuli sila ng police. Mga ganun nga. No? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, when I went into college and after college, I was heavily involved in the mass movement uh, during the Marcos year. So, so, that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> okay. So, so para palang kayo yung pamilya dun sa dekada si Tenta? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> Sabi ko ba, parang siguro baka parang ganito yung buhay nila. <laughs> Actually, at the time na nakakatawang isa parang, I was telling the, I was telling the production designer na parang, no, not, that's not the publication of the, ano, at that time. I mean, the, the, there was a, there was a scene where in the, one of the characters was, was, a, was an activist and, Oh, he was uh, typing on a, uh, hindi, parang nag-martial law and then she's is trying to uh, throw some uh, left-leaning uh, uh, publication. So, mm-hmm. eh, may close-up siya yung shot. Sabi ko, ah, mali yung publication nyo. Ah. <laughs> I was telling the production designer and the production designer 
at the time was sa Brillante Mendoza. Ah, okay. <laughs> so parang from from personal experience. Yeah, oh, oh. So parang actually within the set parang of course uh, Chito Donyos knows his material, but uh second to to Chito, more or less ako yung nakakaalam actually ng ganung material. <laughs> mm. Oh, kasi you live through it, diba? I mean, at that that was your your life and yeah. you know, sabi mo nga you were visiting your father in jail. Yeah. Pinipick up mo yung mga kapatid mo sa, yeah. <laughs> sa, sa presinto. Yeah, I, I grew up like uh, every Sunday nasa Fort Bonifacio kami uh, to visit my dad. So very much like the character sa Dekada Sitenta. <laughs> more or less. <laughs> more or less. Oh. More or less. And you know, parang now cinematography, it's a, it's a very technical, I mean generally it's a very technical sort of job, no? Yeah. And you do work with a lot of technology. And parang technology from when you started 1991 hanggang ngayon, sobrang ibang-iba na, di ba? Yung, yeah. yung tinagamit ninyo. And how have you sort of changed your style, your process uh, with the new technology that's available now? Like, I know, I read somewhere, I have some friends, si Paco Guerrero is a friend of mine. I don't know kung kilala mo siya. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. yeah, so so Paco was saying na parang now the lenses are so good, we have to blur it a little bit kasi masyadong sharp, mga ganun ba? Those are things na parang if, you, if you've been working from the film days, modern stuff is too good or, or, or things like that. No? So how, how have you in the cinematography world adapted to the changes in technology? Yeah, very true. Sabi ni Paco na... Uh, yung images now are too clean and too clinical actually uh, so for the past i think for the past uh, four or five films ago, i i i try to degrade yung quality ng image because i find it too clean hindi siya hindi siya pumapasok doon sa storytelling ng ano ng pelikula mm. hindi siya hindi siya organic doon sa characters ng pelikula so I need to degrade some of the images. Of course, uh, some projects, some films can, you know, can pass with that kind of uh, image. And, you know, it, it all depends on on the story and the characters. Whether you're going to need, you know, a clean image, uh, you know, a glossy image, or you know, or a gritty image. So, well, what's what's great about with the digital because there's so much. Uh, so much playground now compared to like film before. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm talking of ja, not only about sh- the shooting uh, stage itself, but also the post-production. Uh, right. Be- before, it was kind of limited, so you can just you know, adjust the certain uh, specific color and the contrast. Uh, and then yeah, depending it. on the film that you yeah. uh, And then that's it. You know? And then uh, now, you, you, know, you have... You have a one three hundred sixty degree playground, and there's so much um, uh, possible things to do in post. Uh, that's the reason why uh, color color grading becomes a crucial stage in cinematography now. Uh, the post production stage becomes a very crucial in terms of the overall uh, process of cinematography now. And that's really part of parang telling the story, you know? Yeah. The, the whole uh, yeah. coloring but, uh, and everything. Uh, 
Pero ano siya, uh, you know, it's just technology. Uh, by the end of the day, it's actually the artist pa rin yung ano, uh, ang, ang may last say on how is going to tell the story through images. So these mm-hmm. are just tools, whether it's film or whether it's digital. Uh, these are just tools to tell the story. So depende na yan actually uh, dun sa cinematographer on how he's going mm-hmm. to use that tool uh, to tell the story. I've seen though some movies um, na especially siguro the younger younger directors or younger mm-hmm. younger the, the the ones who just come into the industry na parang they put a lot of focus on cinematography so that you actually notice the cinematography as cinematography uh-huh. parang it's like a separate entity in itself yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, what do you think of that uh well I, i'm i'm not a fan of like of uh you know uh you know, uh, attracting uh, attention to its to to the cinematography work. Uh, uh, cinematography, because should always blend into the story and should, should mm-hmm. shouldn't distract the audience. Uh, once a palang sa nabi na pag pag masyado ka nagandahan sa cinematography, eh, that means ano hindi siya nagwo work. You're not supposed to notice the cinematography of a film, right? So, dapat ano siya seamless into yeah. the story. Yeah. Oh. And how do you prepare, like for 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 movies or for TV series or whatever project, yeah. whether what you're working on? How what's the whole process to prepare for it? Do you just get the script and then you read it and then you start preparing the equipment, budget? Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Usually, uh, well, of course, babasain ko yung script. Uh, for the first time. Um, pero, pag binasa ko siya uh, first time, ibabasahin ko siya as an audience, hindi as a cinematographer. So, uh, I need to feel the story and what, ano yung emotions doon. Uh, kaya ko ba siyang matapos in one sitting o antokin ako? Yung ganun. Uh, mm-hmm. May engage ba ako uh, ng script? Oh, hindi. So it's an, I'm looking at, looking at it as an audience muna. And then after reading it, siguro uh, itatabi ko siya maybe for like two days, two or three days. And then babalikan ko siya, re-read ko ulit siya, but as a cinematographer na. Uh, so while reading it, I take notes of, um, you know, possible inspiration. And when I say inspiration, I'm not just talking of parang film inspirations. I mean, inspirations can come from you know uh from a book or a music or you know a photograph or anything actually so i just just put notes dun sa while i read the script and then then from there i have uh, you know i can create uh more or less what what uh visual treatment that uh that i want to do with the film and then from there mm-hmm. i need to uh to do a one on one talk with the director Here's my idea. Uh, what's your idea? As, what's your vision as a director for the film? So we sort of parang kola. Just a major collaborative na yung part na yon. Uh, if we agree or not, sa kano yung magiging visual track ng pelikula. Mm-hmm. Kaya yung long process actually. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, yeah. parang it's not uh, as easy as. Sabi nga nila, pindot-pindot lang, di ba? 
push, <laughs> so, ano, push button ba yun? Push, push button, yeah, oh. Push yeah. button lang yan. Push button lang yan. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole parang process involved. Oh. And, you know, ako kasi na, na, mayroon akong isang podcast uh, na pinapakinggan na cinematographer din, si na Roger Deakins. I don't know. You, you oh, probably know him. My, Roger. Yeah, of course. Ano ka ba? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Si Papa Roger. <laughs> yeah, si Papa Roger. Oh, diba? I, I listen to his podcast. Mayroon, yeah. silang, oh. mayroon silang podcast, Team Deak- Deakins. And yeah. they're talking about how parang they plan out the film, the budget, yeah. and everything. And parang every movement tells parang has to be able to tell a story. Parang you don't move the camera deliberately yeah. without thinking of how it affects the story. Yeah. And pinag-usapan nga nila yung, I think they worked on yung film na One one Shot or something uh, like that. Yung, yung, yung recent, recent film nila, di ba? Yung uh-oh. 19-something, yung World War II film. Yes, yes. Na, na One Shot. And they were talking about how the camera needs to move to tell the story. Yeah. And... Parang aside from, parang some people don't really see it, pero aside from the actors and the director, the cinematographer actually has a big part to play in in showing you that story, di ba? Kasi ikaw yung nagde-decide kung ano yung makikita ko eh. Yeah, yeah. As, 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 a, as an audience. And, and uh, sa cinematography kasi, usually kasi, uh, you know, people would equate uh, cinematography with lighting, you know, and, but in there, and daming elements kasi within cinematography, which actually uh, affects the, the visual storytelling. Like, in choice of lenses mo, choice mm-hmm. of lenses, choice of camera movement, you know, and of course, composition, and of course, lighting. So, so marami siyang elements, and every, every element, it's a, it's a creative decision, and that will affect, uh, you know, the storytelling. So, Kinda, <laughs> kinda uh, complicated actually. <laughs> oh, for sure, for and sure. No, parang... And of course, you you when shooting, you're really working on a very limited time, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, kailangan may high level of precision, because there's so much money involved uh, when you're shooting a film. So That's right, the millions of pesos. Yeah, and I'm crucial because the cinematographer don, because he more or less sets the pace. No, no. Nung, nung shoot he's one of the main person who sets the pace ng, ng daily grind eh. so mm-hmm. kailangan and you know cinematographers are, are hired and they're not supposed to ano, not uh, well they're supposed to not commit mistakes during the shoot mm-hmm. oh, medyo malaki yung responsibility niya sa buong filmmaking process and Parang for you, 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 you've worked on I don't know, hundred films or hundred projects ah, at this point. Ah, man. Dina man. Pero pero madami na yung nasa IMDb mo. Medyo yeah, yeah. mahabang mahaba na yung listahan. Yeah, malaking uh, kawalado na. Including yung TV, eh, including yung TV. Oh. So, uh, so para uh, sa lahat nun, meron ka bang favorite or is there a project that Parang sticks with you to this day as as a favorite project you've worked on. Uh, huh. uh actually, honestly, ano eh, I I actually trash a lot. I mean, after kung gumawa ng pelikula, ayoko na siyang makita. Okay. Uh, yung ganon parang I mean, 
ang tagal kung tagal ng proseso, di ba? So even even while you're not shooting, you're actually thinking about the film, and then you, you need to do prep, and there's so much pressure to you for you to you know to be uh, efficient with everything. So it's a high pressure job. It's the reason why after making a film, I need to take a break. And, you know, I need to sort of uh, detox myself and, you know, go up the mountains <laughs> and mm-hmm. do some, you know, nature photography. Uh, yeah, and then afternoon, uh, I, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, see my film anymore even. So I trash a lot. But in terms of humor, no, in question mo na kung meron akong favorite, um, ang hirap sabihin... <laughs> Hirap ng tanong, sorry. And then, madami kasi sila. Uh, not only because, I, ano, dahil maganda yung output ng pelikula, but also the experience, yung creative process. Yeah, th- mm-hmm. yeah that's one. I mean, some memorable yung mga ganun. But, na, nothing in particular. Talaga? Baka ayaw mo uh, lang sabihin. Yeah. <laughs> ayaw mong ma-hurt yung ibang nakatrabaho mo. Trying, trying, trying to be safe, ba? Konti pa lang yung nakikinig sa podcast ko. So you can, <laughs> you can share. Hindi, <laughs> nahihirap eh. Parang ano eh. Parang, well, oh, sige. Parang lately, I've been, I've been working uh, with the female young directors. So I get okay. to work with Tonette Hadaune and, okay. and uh, Irene Villamore and Dwayne Baltasar. So... You know, they're interesting characters and directors. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of exciting for me. Of course, um, you know, these are also my friends. So, yeah. Tama. So it's parang, for you, it's more, I think, it's both, a, it has to be a challenge and the work conditions need to be pleasant. Parang yun yung, yeah. yun yung yeah. that's what I'm getting no, from, from what you say, yeah. like, would be... A, projects that you like doing. Yeah, kasi ang hirap kasi ano eh, ang hirap kasi gawa ng pelikula and you work long hours in the noon. And mm. uh, so one, you need really need to choose the people that you work with, you know. Ang hirap nung ang hirap na ngayon kinagawa mo tapos may asshole pang nasa team mo. Uh, uh-huh. and then since mahirap yung ginagawa mo, I mean, yeah, dapat okay din yung ano niya, yung working condition. You know? And I think uh, you're going to come up with a better work if you have better working condition. Tama, tama naman, oh. tama naman. I read dun sa dun sa isa sa mga blog mo. I went through your your oh, blog. Okay. Uh, and I I read one. There was a one time na ginamit mo yung headlamp ng gaffer mo to light a scene. I think ah, nasa isang yeah. patok kayo in the middle of nowhere. Signal rock. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, kasi yung Signal Rock kasi, uh, we shot it in Billy Island. Have you been there, JP? Billy Island, oh, In In uh, northern summer. Ah, hindi pa, no, never. You should go. Anyway, um, kasi Chito is from summer, so he knows okay. the place. So. And uh, parang... So another Chito Ronyo film. Talaga favorite ka. <laughs> so parang ano, yun yung ano niya, passion project na yun eh. So kind of, you know, financed the film, you know. So mm. we were really working on a very tight budget. I was using a Sony uh, mirrorless digital camera. camera. Yeah. Uh, with a 
with an adapter so added so that I can use uh, you know a, a larger uh, film lens mm-hmm. but really low budget <clears throat> so we were shooting in the rock formation it's like uh, in rock formation that's like one kilometer away from the mainland and parang you need to on on pag low tide you need to walk uh, na knee deep yung water pag high tide you need to you know take a boat okay so ang uh, mason kami doon gabi Eh, dalawa lang ilok ko. <laughs> tapos we na, remember, gabi siya, tapos we na in a rock formation in island. So, wala na akong ilok. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, ang ilok ko lang natitira yung headlamp ng gaffer ko. And, yeah, I used that thing, which is, yeah, okay naman. May lobas. Nakita naman yung mukha ni Christian Babes, actually. <laughs> okay. So, but that's like that's that's indie filmmaking. And remember, I came from indie filmmaking at the time when hindi pa indie ang tawag, alternative cinema. At that time, that's like 13 years before Cinemalaya. Mm-hmm. I w- we were doing indie films at Mobile Fun. Yeah, and and this is something that you learned or from experience, parang naisip mo na, ay, ito, pwede ko nang gamitin to headlamp yeah. ng, yeah, oh, <laughs> that, ng gaffer. That goes with experience, eh? and that goes, experience, and, you know, may certain level of uh, uh, confidence to, to actually do it. To do it. Yeah. Uh, Especially, you know, you're, parang you're working with an experienced director like Chito Ronyo, yeah. parang, oh, ito lang yung gagamitin kong ilaw. <laughs> headlamp ng gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually worked, you know. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, whatever works, diba? Parang yeah. yun naman yung, the whole point of it is any, whatever light, will... Any light will help, I believe. <laughs> Kahit kandila siya. Tama, tama. And, uh, so parang with with all of this, parang you've, you've actually been quite, I would say, kasi there's a lot of directors who only work, or DOPs who only work on certain types of mm-hmm. projects. No? They're very good at certain types of projects. Uh, but looking at your range of of work, parang iba-iba. There's drama, there's comedy, mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, TV. Yeah. Um, may mga documentary then. Mm-hmm. And how do you think this parang range has helped you as a cinematographer in your career? I mean... It's something that not very many, siguro, have that much range as you do. I'm, uh, I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, early on, because I was, uh, it was a conscious effort to do different things. Uh, that's why up to up up to today, I still shoot documentary. I still, you know, shoot short films and experimental films. Uh, you know, but early on, I was. Uh, starting cinematographer, I make it a point na you know do a lot of things, and then I'm practicing objective when I make in every film, and I you know one I should experiment something, mm. I should learn something from that film by the end of the day. Of course, I I'm not going to tell the producer that I'm you know ex- I'm experimenting at that time. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh well, so parang it's my own little circuit, but. Uh, your objective kapalate when I make films. You want I need to learn something new uh, after the film, and I need to try something. Hmm. Okay. And 
now i mean now now we have so many problems obviously with with covid-19 the closure of yeah. abs-cbn your industry has been i mean essentially like many other industries quite devastated um how are you adapting to to this panong anong anong mga ginagawa mo ngayon as a cinematographer na I guess wala masyadong trabaho wala. <laughs> wala. wala so it's a chance actually to make you know uh, to make personal works you know uh, uh, shoot your own documentary start your own documentary uh, documentary pa din diba parang sabi ko sa'yo uh, bias ako sa documentary because yun yung roots ko eh uh, mm-hmm. that's one uh, but, and surprisingly well hindi naman surprise kasi parang I'm getting this like uh, uh, calls to shoot a docu- more of a documentary now compared like you know doing a teleserie or make make okay. a movie. So I'm actually starting a documentary soon. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. it's nice because now because documentaries have a platform like exactly you can sell it to Netflix yes. or and I want parang they buy these things. Yeah, and when with with so much happening, you know, with the COVID nineteen. And you know, with this kind of government, there's so much documentary. <laughs> tama, tama nga naman. Madami tayong pwedeng yeah, gawin ngayon. There's aswang, di ba? And uh, tama, oh yeah, napadunt yun kay Alex. Yeah, and yeah. and si Alex, kasama ko si Alex when I was shooting also the EJ case back in 2016 and 17. So yeah. right, and so you you've actually seen all of that no, in person. So. But uh, in 2016, 2017, you were shooting the EJ case. Only that's a personal, personal project, mo yun, no? Hindi siya funded or it wasn't something that you were doing for someone else. Oh no, no. Uh, yeah, it's it's siguro ano yon. It's the documentarist in me. Parang all para parati kasi ano eh, Parang may need to to document these kind of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I don't know for future gener- generations to see and wala wala akong alam in fact nagshoot nga ako noon na hindi ko alam saan ko dadalhin yung images or what I just you know kaya kaya nga yung sina I remember yung mga ibang photojournal at that time noon sina Rafi Lerma parang or sina Alex asking me parang on yun meron ka bang ano meron ka bang documentary na pinagawa or something para saan daw yung sinushoot ko hindi ko mm. pa actually parang sabi ko ah ewan ko uh, but there's always the need to shoot these kind of things okay that's an interesting perspective no parang si well in a in a different way si Kidlat Tahimik medyo ganyan siya eh mm-hmm. Di, I mean dito kasi sa Baguio palagi ko siya nakita and I grew up with his kids so palagi siya may dalang camera uh-huh. and he's always shooting everything for no reason <laughs> so <laughs> na parang parang saan mo gagamitin yan ah hindi ko lang might put it somewhere some someday basta I'm shooting parang yun yung ano niya eh. parang addiction <laughs> I need to hold the camera and you know <laughs> yeah I mean that's a passion di ba yeah. parang you're not working and you still want to hold the camera that's that's I think major rare then for for people in your industry di ba parang kuminsan medyo intense yung work hours nyo, yeah. after that, ayaw mo talaga maghawak ng camera for a while, di ba? Well, in my in my case kasi, uh, kasi galing akong still photography eh. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Actually, part nga yun ng detox ko yun. Ha? Kasi parang, ah, okay. when you make films kasi, there's so much people involved. And yung, in fact, uh, medyo draining yung buong process niya. Kasi uh, as a cinematographer, you're not just an artist, you know. Uh, you're not just thinking of, you know, uh, the nice lighting and, you know, mm-hmm. what lens to use. You're also managing like maybe around 25 uh, lighting crew under under you. That's and true. And you're talking to to a director. Uh, depending kung may ego pa ba siya o wala. And then, uh, you're talking to the producer na kailangan uh, pasok yung budget ng technical mo. And then you're talking to the assistant director who's actually running the whole show on the set. So the, mm-hmm. there's so much, uh, you know, people involved and you need to talk all from, di- from different levels, from different classes. So they're all coming from different uh, perspective. So... It's kind of draining. So, I think, uh, ano yun eh, yung pag-shoot ko ng still photography. Yun yung, ano ko eh, in a way, parang, ano, detox ko. From detox, yeah. Kasi it's just you, uh, you control everything. Ikaw lang yung nandun. Yeah. Isa lang yung light mo. <laughs> or, or wala pa. <laughs> so, I have, you know, I dictate my own time. I, <laughs> I don't have a director. <laughs> I, True. Although shooting EJ case in the middle of the night, parang mahirap din mag-dictate ng oras na. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, well, and remember, you know, nag-lockdown, di ba? Parang, ano, uh, nung nag-lockdown din, uh, I also went out, you know, shooting what's happening. Ah, that's right. Nakita ko nga yun sa, sa blog mo. Sa blog, yeah. Oh. So, ganun din. Uh, it kind of motivates me, you know, uh, events that need to be documented. Yes. Okay. And, you know, being a political person and working in this industry, you know, it's, uh, has been somewhat apolitical for many, many years. Na parang ngayon lang, you know, nakikita mo si na Angel Oxin, they're becoming more political because of ABS-CBN. Mm-hmm. How much more political do you want, you know, that, that industry that you're in to be? Ang hirap naman. Uh, well, uh, there's so much uh, things that need to change kasi doon sa, sa industry namin. Eh. Uh, but I think we're moving to towards the right direction. Uh, like, meron, because of the pandemic, uh, nag, may nabuong parang yung Interguild Alliance. Ah, right. Yeah. Tama. Nabanggit nga ni Kendi yan. Na, in a way represents the different sectors of the industry. Uh, na most people that are, that are in that uh, alliance are really the ones who's really working uh, within the industry. So, sila yung unang naglabas ng guidelines uh, in terms of protocol when shooting uh, with this pan- kind of uh, pandemic situation. So, yung ganun, I mean, uh, that's, that's a mo- one step... Uh, uh, forward para sa, you know, uh, trying to change yung mga maling system uh, sa industry. So, whether, whether, whether it's going to be more political or more uh, pro-people na organization, well, I hope so, because uh, yun yung kailangan sa industry, you know, uh, dapat kasi ma-recognize hindi lang artista but uh, up to the very ano pinaka maliit na magagawa uh, tama naman dapat ma 
you know, ma- magkaroon ng system na tama yung sweldo nila at itama yung working conditions ng bawat uh, manggagawa. Tama. Tama. And last second to the last question, bago, medyo matagal na tayo nag-usap. Okay lang. <laughs> um, uh, actually, uh, if you had parang unlimited funds and unlimited access, unlimited everything, ano yung parang dream project mo? If you could do anything and let's say wala ng pandemic. <laughs> A dream project? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I actually naisip, matagal ko naisip to, but uh, uh, parang mas iniisip ko siya because of yung pandemic. Uh, kasi ang dami mo ng time sa bahay, di ba? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, dati kasi I wanted to do, uh, to create a parang sort of a photo bank or an image bank. Uh, parang you just shoot uh, nature, <laughs> events, okay. and everything without, you know, it's not even movies, you just shoot, you know, events and document events. And then, you know, and put it in a in an image bank. And mm-hmm. hopefully somebody buys it for whatever they want. But the idea of, you know, um, you have this money to actually go anywhere in the world and shoot things that you want to see with a camera. That's, that's kind of, you know, exciting for me. <laughs> right. So parang grand documentation project yeah. yeah anywhere in the world anything yeah hmm. why not diba? with with a small team oh yeah sama ka doon jp sure sure ako yung ano mo focus puller or something <laughs> or taga 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 buhat malakas ako magbuhat ng ano ng ano <laughs> equipment pwede pwede yeah. okay anyway last question would be um, I'm sure madaming gustong maging katulad ni Neil Dazan. So, what advice yung may bibigay mo dun sa mga gustong sumunod sa yapak mo bilang isang batikang cinematographer? I don't know about the batikan part. <laughs> well, you know, uh, after 30 years, I think, I would think, and a few awards. <laughs> well, uh, um, usually kasi ano eh I mean every cinematographer kasi she has, has his or her own journey no uh, uh, and eventually uh, dadalhin niya yun on how uh, how is how is going to light some things or some scenes uh, kaya nga eh, walang same cinematographer uh, if you're bringing in like uh, 10 cinematographers to light a scene with the same scene, uh, uh, they're going to light it 10 different ways. So, right. lahat ng sinabi ko now as a cinematographer, uh, that's my own perspective. And, you know, uh, you develop certain kind of style individually. And every cinematographer will develop his own style. Um, yun, but Yeah, nga, sabi ko, parang ang pinanggaling ko kasi, ano, uh, uh, photojournalist, gano'n. And then, and as a photojournalist, you get to also to travel a lot kasi you need to, you need to be there to take pictures. <laughs> so, early on, um, you know, I saw a lot of things, uh, realities in life, gano'n. 
and an experience ko yun, uh, as a photographer and and as a human being and dala-dala ko yon sa nung naging filmmaker ako and if mm-hmm. ever na you may if you want to be a cinematographer i think uh, i always tell yung mga students na you need to see the world you need to see the reality kasi you eventually when you make films um, you're going to recreate reality So more or less, you, you should have uh, seen the realities of life. So you need to travel and, you know, see the world, see, see the squatters, you know, take an MRT, you know, study light, uh, how light throws light in, uh, in your face while you're inside the uh, uh, bus on a rainy night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to see the world, travel, you know, and take pictures. Nice, nice. Although, siguro after the pandemic, na nila gagawin lahat yung travel na yan. <laughs> Well, you can, yeah, oh, pero they can take pictures naman of, you know, like, nung, nung nag-start ako, di ba? At kinukunan ko lang yung pusa ng kapitbahay na. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Ano, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, really, ano, bad, you know, underexposed. <laughs> Well, everybody starts somewhere. Yes, parang that's true. Ganun naman, ganun naman yun. Yes. Gumaganda yung exposure habang tumatagal. Yes. <laughs> you learn by your mistakes, eh. <laughs> And that was Neil Daza on episode 21 of The Wildcats. Thank you for listening. So, for all you aspiring cinematographers out there, travel, see the world, enrich your experiences. That for me has really fueled my growth and I hope travel will fuel yours again one day when this whole pandemic is over. Next week on The Wildcast, I talk to Cree Lopez, founder and CEO of Messy Bessie and House Foundation on their environmental products as well as the important, important work that they do with at-risk youth and some of the poorest of the poor, giving them opportunities to be able to become contributing members of society. That's on episode 22 of The Wildcast next Wednesday. See you there.